Hi, welcome along. It's Baffled, the podcast that sorts out the facts from the fake nonsense that's floating around online. Thank you so much for finding us and listening. My name's Dan. Uh, I'm trying to cobble this thing together, I think. I've got facts for you about bees, about beans, and about burning bags. Also, um, I've got something that I think might really help us out. Uh, I've come up with a plan. I'll tell you about that in a sec. First, let me introduce Connor. He's with us. Hey, Con. Hey, mate. How are we? Yeah, mate. Very well. What what facts have you got? So I've I've been digging deep this week, um, and I, I've got three nice ones for you. So basically, we're going to talk about how long it takes to paint some lips. Is Keanu Reeves very humble, or is he very clever? And are pigeons better than we think? Worried that you've brought up a question. Well, we need a, def- a definitive answer to the Keanu Reeves question by the end. Also, Mark's here as well. Hey, Mark. Hello. Right, coming up for you this week. Being shot at? Have a cup of tea. It'll all be okay. What's the issue with airplane food? And finally, is it war paint or is it actually useful? I will answer it. Don't worry, Dan. <laughs> well, I was waiting. So, so good. Let's crack on then. It's another baffled stay there. 
to maybe subscribe to this show, you can be part of this bibs and you can be safe in the knowledge that your ass works fine. Mark, have you got any anything to say about this? I've gone I've I've gone deep, boys. I've I've done a thing and I don't know if you're on board with it, but I've done it anyway. Oh no. Have I just have I just have I, have I ruined what you've done because I've changed the meaning of bibs? No. What's happened? You've actually, weirdly, none of us have spoken about this in the week, but I think we're all on the same page. Yeah. You know, I mentioned last week that we should get badges. Yeah. Yeah. We've got badges. <laughs> no. So you can now get yourself a badge. We've got a limited number of them. <laughs> we'll send you a badge that's got baffled in the middle. And then it says proud bib supporter across the top. So even if you don't have IBS, you can still have a badge, a proud bib supporter. I tell right. you, what, I love it. So you can have one as long as you bring someone else into the podcast. This is absolutely. I tell you what, I just I just want to um, talk about this a minute. I've I feel like I've achieved a lot in my time, um, and you know, with, with the radio and the presenting and getting this podcast, it's been good times. But this is hands down for me the most proudest i've been of proudest or confused at how we've got to this point because i'm between the two well you know i i think from an outsider's point of view who's maybe new today's episode is you know a new listener they're, they're very confused i'm not i understand it i'm happy about it and i think that it is fantastic that this is happening right now right i'm gonna go away figure out how we get badges to people uh i will let you know next week Right, i tell you what, Mark, for your sterling work in doing this on the sly, uh, you can kick us off. Take us away with your first fact. British military tanks are equipped to make tea. How so? Like spurting it out? So inside, no, not like not like in place of uh, actual weaponry. Oh, uh, is it spinning like a teapot at the end and then you just push a button? No, that's a little <laughs> bit little tea comes out. There is a boiling vessel inside of British tanks so that they can have a tea or I mean a coffee, but let's face it, we're British, it's tea, anytime, including during battle. Important, important. It's Is important. it specifically what it's made for, though? Yeah, so basically it's made for two reasons. One, making tea. Two, for heating up the foil bags that military rations come in. <laughs> so it's purely for food and water. I love the fact, though, that the, 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 the fact that you've delivered isn't about the foil it's about the tea because you know that that is just more for the people right yeah exactly yeah it's it goes on so obviously the whole point is that armored vehicles are intended to have people on the inside if you go outside while you're being shot at you're gonna get shot so therefore if you're inside and you need a cuppa you don't have to leave i love the fact that someone has thought about going what do brits need if they're inside a tank in the middle of a battle somewhere to make tea i love as well the thought of somebody mid-battle you know there's there's bombs going off and bullets firing they're thinking debating leaving this tank for for a quick uh typhoon because <laughs> that's that's the point isn't it that's the really baffling thing is that like if you're in a tank you ain't messing around like you have been called in to to, to go in with heavy duty stuff you've not really got time for a cup of tea no especially when you're on the front line you can't be pulling over and putting your hazard lights on and getting a quick cuppa. Do tanks have hazard lights? Well, you know, I'd like to think they did. But you have to say whatever they're doing, like tanks, they're always in hazards, so that would be pointless. It would be, yeah, it would be pointless. Of course, there are hazards everywhere. You're, you're in the middle of a war zone. There also is an insulated uh, liquid containing vessel on the rear end of tanks that means that actually you can use a tank for cover 
And then whatever's in that little vessel, probably tea, you can go and have a cup of tea while you're taking cover behind a huge tank. Okay, so explain the vessel to me then. So is it like like a little storage unit? Like, it's kind of like an urn, like a, like a big, It's like an like urn, urn that's built into a tank. Like, Connie, right. you know when, you, when you've got those drab jobs outside or you, when you go paintballing as well and they always offer you free food and drink and all it is is a couple of donuts and you've got that massive, like, searingly hot urn that, that is always never got water in as well. It's one of yeah. those. Yeah. I would love to know if these have ever been used. Well, apparently it's quite common for, like, plastic camping cups to be hung off the back of the tank so that it's there ready for you if you want to go and have a cup of tea. What? I, I love camping, but I hate the whole process of making food in the morning. It's almost enough to put me off. Oh, I'm, I'm just not a fan of camping full stop. No, you don't. Camping you don't can stop. do one. Ca- camping is not a place for little ginger men. The only time I've ever camped was Reading Festival. Um, and I've done like six nights and I didn't shower. I don't know if you could count... Like, it, I don't know if going to a festival is proper camping camp. No, yeah, I, I understand. It probably, it probably isn't, a, you know, a proper sort of camping experience like these people that turn up and they've got all their, their equipment. I literally turn up with a 24 crate of Fosters and, you know, some pastrami, but that is it. I know we said right at the start that I wasn't going to bring this up, but I am very curious. How were your, um, were your bowels six days of camping at Reading Festival eating but nothing but so, so, yeah so I just yeah I, I need to sort of explain my IBS isn't severe so you know <laughs> like there, there are times my where my word mate you've gone on about it like <laughs> I know and there are times where it's really like the other, day, best. the other day I did have a really bad turn and do you know what's so great like I think of you guys when this happens now don't do that don't do that so it makes it better oh. for me oh. um, do but that. I was on the way back I'd been out with, with my girlfriend for like a day drinking thing in London and then we we got up the next day and we went to the uh, calf and I think it was just a, there was a lot happening. So much story, isn't there? Yeah, there, there was a, there was a lot going on, you know, there was, there was a lot of things Hang happening on. at one time and I was Hang in on. the car on the way back and my exact words were her is, uh, babe, you, you, you need to put your foot down. I tell you what, uh, I don't usually do this, but I'm going to break rank and go in the middle because I've got another hot beverage themed fact. Mm. The first webcam ever, what it watched was a coffee pot so the researchers who were making webcams could watch their coffee and make sure it was boiled. I I actually really enjoy these simple, like, first uses of things. Like, wasn't the first use for the phone to ring someone next door, but it was just, like, such a simple use for it. We're getting into slightly iffy territory with the phone because was it Alexander Graham Bell? And I think that he didn't he take the idea from someone and just leg it down the patent office quicker? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I I don't know the entire story. I can categorically tell you both that the first time I used a webcam was certainly not for coffee. No, your control V back in the day was just two words, got cam. It's all you used to message, I reckon, when you were on MSN. Got cam, got cam, got cam, got cam. I, yeah, like, you know, I think MSN days with the webcam were, were some of the best days for me. Connor, have you got an ice cream van in the background again? <laughs> yeah, that just happened, yeah. So this is what the first webcam was watching. Yeah, it was just, it was letting. It was called the Trojan Room Coffee Pot. It would let researchers at Cambridge University make sure they always had coffee in their pot at the lab. Um, they aired it from 1993 to 2001. It just watched their coffee. I feel that's a, it's, a, it's a waste of bandwidth. It's a waste of the internet, isn't it? 
It, yeah, it is. But, you know, these people that are creating, what else are they going to do with that webcam? What are you saying about smart scientists? No, but as in, you know, they're not going to be, you know, getting their old boy out. <laughs> <laughs> That's not all a, a webcam is invented for, you know this. No, yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah, What yeah. always baffles me with webcams is, you know, people cover up the, the camera now. I do that. Yeah, people do it because they saw Mark Zuckerberg did it. I've had so many people say, I saw Mark Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg covers up his, so I thought, well, if he's doing it, I must do it. And, well, there's, there's the fundamental difference. You know, people who want this, hackers, are, are, are going to get much more money from, hack it, from taking a picture of Mark Zuckerberg doing something weird than Connor from Essex. Like, no offence. They're not going to fleece you for no, millions I think, of quid. I think it's more like people were worried that people were looking at them, just looking at them. No, that's what they that's what they obviously are. But people taking inspiration from Mark Zuckerberg, it's like, well, they've got much more reason to try and hack into him because the guy's worth billions of dollars. Like, what are they gonna fleece you for? Fifty quid and a tub of Suda creme. Well, this is the this is the thing that I kind of think that uh, like I've got a couple of like Google Homes in my house and everyone's always like, oh, you're not worried. They're listening to you. I'm like, if they are, then more fool them. I live a boring life. There is nothing exciting about my life for them to listen to. So if they're listening in, the joke's on them. They're not going to get anything from me. And if they want to hold me hostage to something, fine. I don't care. Oh, I'd like to know what you are actually talking about. Oh, I'd love to as well. I, I don't think it would be as, no offence to you, Mark. I don't think it would be half as insane as what you're searching connor we can't go down this road um but yeah I, I do worry about these things same with the alexas i mean i've read some incredible articles about what the alexas do but you know that this happens across the board every time you look at your phone and unlock it with your face that's going somewhere just whatever now and it whatever <laughs> All right, Connor, take it away with your first fact. In 2009, a South African IT company complained that data could be sent faster by pigeon because transfer rates were so slow. Now, they wanted to prove that point, so they sent a carrier pigeon called Winston armed with a four gigabyte memory stick against the ADSL service from the country's biggest web firm, Telcom. Winston the pigeon took two hours to carry the data 60 miles in the same time, the ADSL had sent 4% of the data. So basically, pigeons send stuff faster than data. I mean, surely, though, that depends upon... It's a very flawed test. Well, it because is. Because it depends you upon... Pigeon. Yeah, you need a good pigeon. Yeah. How far... I mean, if you're sending some... I could send... I've got decent internet here. I could send it quicker. Right <laughs> it's because I... It's because I'm in the office rather than actually... Oh, yeah. Fiber, so, fiber. Oh, yeah, 100 meg up, 100 meg down. Uh, so, you know, I've got decent internet here. It would still be quicker for me to hand deliver it to someone than it is via the internet if they are right next to me. If they are 60 miles away, then it would be quicker for the internet to do it. Well, you know, this if, the, if the pigeon had to fly 2,000 miles, it may have been quicker for the internet to do it than to get a pigeon to fly 60 miles. So surely it just depends on the case and where you're sending it. Oh, Connor, 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 he's ruined this, isn't he? No, yeah, he has, yeah. He's, he's I mean, ruined your fact. Yeah, but yeah, he has in a Logic. way, but you know, it's a fact that 
it's important. It happened in 2009. It proved their point. They were obviously happy at that po- at that time. So I'm all for it. I mean, it's a good way to prove your point. I've, I do very much enjoy the whole idea of I'm going to say an argument and then I'm very much going to back it up by going and finding a carrier pigeon. Do you know what as well? You can just imagine, can't you? So like this team of people, whatever, have been like really annoyed one day. They've had a really stressful day in the office. They've sat down. They've gone, oh, you know, God, blah, blah, blah. There's a definitely a <laughs> pigeon would make be... Them- couldn't even make something uh, uh, up uh, what they were saying. Yeah, and they go, a pigeon, a pigeon would be quicker than how fast this is, right? And what I love is that there must have been another team of people being like, oh, shut up, blah, blah, blah. And then they done it and proved it. Love that. Actually got it. Winston as well, the pigeon. Legend. Legend. He was only 11 months old. How sad. Also, carrier pigeons aren't that slow, are they? No. No, but you know... Like, if they said it's quicker by sending a turtle... Makes your point a bit more. No, but you a wouldn't pigeon, use a turtle, wouldn't you? Come I reckon on. a carrier pigeon probably goes, I don't know, 40 mile an hour, maybe. Same speed as a car. Let's see. Look, how as much as, much as you're goes. trying to sort of rip the fact apart, which is, you know, this is what this is all about and this is what we're stripping it down to. It is a pretty fair point. Like, you know, if there are carrier pigeons that are available and they move things quicker than other ways of doing things that proves the point itself that- oh, I, t- I tell you what Connor he's only right isn't he only oh little ginger boy is only right in what within- way in what way you type in carrier pigeon speed around 70 kilometers an hour 70 kilometers is 43 miles yeah I mean that's weird that he knows look that look at that for a guess but Jeez. this isn't a bad fact Jesus wept mate are we, are we saying that this is just a ridiculous fact then I, I, really I think more of my issue with it is that to prove their point, there has to be some very specific things in place, that it has to be four gigabytes of data. If it's only 10 like meg of data, then it probably will be quicker over the internet, depending on where the pigeon has to go to. Dep- like, There's so many things that have to be right for their point to be right that I feel like it is a test and it is an interesting test, but it is a test which is heavily weighted in their favour. Right, Mark, we had a lot of you there, so we're going to have more. Let's have your second fact of the podcast, please. Aeroplane food may not taste as bad as we actually think. Mate, I'm so interested because I hate aeroplane food. I hate it, so please explain. It's going to have to be something to do with your taste, isn't it? It's going to have to be that. Your sense of taste and smell are cut down by 50 and 20% during flights. That mm. is why aeroplane food doesn't taste as good because you don't have as much taste and you don't have as much smell to enhance that taste as you would do if you ate it in a normal restaurant. Okay, I beg to differ on this. It is just crap. Why is it cut down? So uh, you can't really taste sweetness or saltiness anywhere near as well on an aeroplane due to the altitude and pressure that you're at and also the lack of humidity. It's interesting the altitude as as it comes into play there. And then also the cabin air itself decreases your ability to smell. So because actually tasting is as much about that smell and what you get through your nasal passage as it is about your taste buds, even that can have a a big big effect on your taste. Have you ever had a poo on a plane? Oh, yeah, yeah. Many, 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 many. I love it on a plane. I love it. I love the, um, the way it flushes. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty terrifying. Isn't Apparently, it? they dropped that over the Atlantic Ocean. Well, it depends if your plane's going over the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> if you're over the Himalayas, they probably don't do that. Yeah. Well. They, yeah. Well, I mean, they could drop it anywhere, but 
I was on a I was on a flight from uh, Scotland to uh, to Russia, and yeah, they just took a massive detour so they could drop How off do my they, dump. Do they do it consistently? Or do they savour it all up and then drop it in one big... Well, when I'm go. on the plane with the older IBS, they're doing it more than once. Do they... Do, what do you reckon they do? Is it just like as soon as anyone drops anything, they just... I tell you what, if you're listening and you've got any connection to the aviation world, there are loads of questions that I would like to ask you about planes, really interesting ones. But the one I'm going to concentrate on now is how do they dispose of turds? Yeah, I would love to... Do you know what? I, I'm going I'm to up you there, Dan. Not only do we want people who understand it, we want them to come on. I want to hear somebody explain that. I don't know. don't know how fussed I am about that. I would like that. I, did, the first guest, tell me what happens to the poo on a plane. That that would sum this podcast up. Mm, that's a shame, isn't it? It's a shame that that's what we... I'm not convinced that it does get dumped. Mate, it definitely does. I mean, they can't just have a stockpile of poo. Well, they probably literally can. The planes are massive. <laughs> yeah. Like it just it goes down into I the... I think you guys like, are wrong and I'm right. Bag, they mate. definitely drop poo over the sea. I'm not convinced. Okay. Until, do, until very recently, until until like, only a few years ago, uh, the train company that I ride would put poos just on the tracks. They would just leave it out there. They would just dump it straight down onto the track. It was not that big a uh, like a deal. Airliner toilets use a closed waste system, works much like a house toilet, and flushes the wastewater into an onboard sewage tank, <laughs> and that is then emptied at the end of the flight on the ground. Not in the air. Right. It's my second fact of the podcast. I know instantly that Connor is not going to like this, but it's nice, short and sweet. One teaspoon of honey is a lifetime's work of 12 bees. Wow. That's incredible. So it's, in- it's interesting that how little they do, how little work these bees do. Lazy bees. Yeah, and it's, it's meant to be bit. I know. You'd, you'd feel like they can do more than that. Like how many bees then is it in a... Well, they're, meant, they're meant to be busy bees, aren't they? But they're lazy bees. If this is what they're doing, 12 bees, the teaspoon of honey is their lifetime work. I feel a bit bad that, for that. Yeah, that, we just demolish it in, in one. Don't bees have little knees as well that they store stuff in? What? Seriously? I don't know. What, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> bees have little knee sockets and they put stuff in the knee socket. So they're like, is, it, is that not just a nursery rhyme? No, seriously, they... No, it's it's true. They, I, I think, yeah, they have I like little right. knee sockets, and I think that's where the bees' knees come from, and it's to do with making honey. Bees carry pollen back to the hive in sacks. There on we their go! Legs. Oh my good. god, I love that. That's very good, isn't it? Yeah, I know. And, that, and then can you can imagine the work that has gone into it, and then us, we just come along and just instantly scoop it up and eat it. Probably don't even really enjoy it. Honey is a strange one. Honey is one of the ones where your palate, I think your palate has to mature when you get older. You know what I mean? It's one of those. It's like a Stilton of the world. Well, I've actually progressed my my coffee. So uh, as you know, I love coffee and I always have a flat white with no sugar, but I've started to put a little bit of honey in it and it's so good. Why Why did you start doing that? It feels, I actually, it feels very I, Joe Rogan of you. No, I actually started doing it, believe it or not, to help my hay fever. Apparently, if you have local yeah, honey, it... Yeah. It helps the hay fever, and it has. It has actually helped it. So I put it in my coffee, and it's it's great. And I also put honey on toast. I put it in my porridge. Mm. Babbling about honey. <laughs> Babbling about honey. There we go. But no, yeah, that that's that's sad to think that these little bees are doing their thing, and you know, working hard, really working hard on minimum wage, and then we just come along and. Where, where do the bees put all their money? And where where do the bees when they get their minimum wage? Where do they put it? 
I don't have an answer to that. In their leg sacks. Connor, give us your second fact of the podcast. Okay, so I love this. Um, Keanu Reeves often forfeits a lot of his paychecks in order to get more notable actors in the production of films. Um, So in The Devil's Advocate, he opted to reduce his pay by a few million dollars to get Al Pacino on set. I guess when you get to a certain level, money just, like, it doesn't matter if you get, if you've got 50 mil or 52 mil for that year. It's a case of being like, yeah, I would rather work with some absolute legends like Al Pacino mm. rather than working with, oh, you know, well, that bloke we got because he was cheap. Well, I wanted to sort of look at this a little bit because apparently Keanu Reeves, and this is, you can read about this a lot, and a lot of people say this who have interviewed him, he's actually a really nice guy. And when I, I always talk my facts through with like my mum, yep, sad, I know. And I always say, what do you think of the facts? And when I told her this one, she went, oh, she went, that's very humble of him. And I thought, is it humble? Or is it just really clever? Because if you're making a film and you get the likes of Al Pacino's name in it, it's obviously probably going to be a bigger film, right? Yeah, I don't think it's humble. I think it's... It's I don't don't think it's really, really clever either. I think it's just probably the logical thing to do, as Mark says, if you've earned loads of money, a couple more million, so you can get Al Pacino on board, ain't really doing... Also, if you've got the money to pay Keanu Reeves for that film, you've got the money to pay Al Pacino. Yeah, but the fact that he actually turned round, turns around and, and, and suggests a pay car is pretty cool, you know, yeah. to get a name on there. I mean, did you do that for, for Baffled Mark with me? No. No, but, you know, like when you was looking at, you know, Baffled as an overall, did you think, uh, you know, I'll take less here to get to get Mr. Knight on and on board? No, you just took the first offer I gave you. It was great. Okay, brilliant. Yeah, it was, I'll be honest, go- mate, your, negotiating ta- your negotiation tactics weren't great. Dan, on the other hand, he held out for seven whole days. He's got four times as much money as you. I didn't yeah. say any of this. It's all confidential. Please ignore my last two seconds. Yeah, I like Keanu Reeves. Uh, he's a notable oddball, though, isn't he, I think? Fun, notable oddball. He, like, commits himself to roles, like, roles, like those John Wick films. He becomes, like, a kung fu master. He's had a really, 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 like, crazy life. I'm not going to dig into it because it is quite. No, well, you, you know, need no, 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 no. You need to do some digging. No, no, no. He's just. I, I just. I, I don't actually know the full extent, but right. apparently his life's been pretty, pretty nuts. Between right. all three Matrix films, he got a combined pay of two hundred and fifty million dollars. I think that's why he doesn't worry about taking pay cuts in other movies. Yeah. Was he in the Matrix? Was he? Oh my word! I've never seen the Matrix. Yeah, that's what. That was kind of his big thing. Wasn't I've it? never ever seen the Matrix. Well, there you go. Add it to the list. Yeah, I'm not really interested in films like that. Which, you, oh, half of your facts are about films. No, my favourite film's cheaper by a dozen. Jesus. And we, we spoke about this the other day, didn't we? I love it. It's the best film. You can't beat it, honestly. People who think there's a film better than cheaper by a dozen. Nope. Disagree. Mark, try and mention to me one film that is better than cheaper by the dozen. Uh, the Matrix. There you go. Un, un, mate, Connor, if you'd have seen The Matrix, you would know this by now. Connor, Long- is, is Cheaper by the Dozen the only film you've ever seen? Except for, of course, Cheaper by the Dozen 2. No, what happened is the first film he ever saw was Cheaper by the Dozen. And he thought, this is incredible. Think how amazing <laughs> films are going to be. Second film he watches is Cheaper by the Dozen 2, which isn't as good. So then it he is. Thinks, He's so like, peaks. So I've clearly thinks, peaked. Well, why, why would I carry on watching more movies? Obviously, this one's worse than the first one. It's only downhill. I'll just carry on with Cheaper by the Dozen. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Laura Wright, and I'm here to tell you about my podcast, Music in My Life. In this series, I'm talking to some amazing guests about their favorite pieces of music. We'll be delving into the music they listen to and why it shaped them throughout the years. It's like intense. It made me feel cooler and stronger and harder than I was. But the man on board had had cancer. And that's obviously become a big part of my life. I can listen to it now, reminding myself where I've come from. He just completely lost it as we pulled up to the to the hospital. You can find it wherever you found this podcast. Just search Music In My Life. Right, um, Mark, give us your third and final fact of the podcast, please. So, you know when American footballers and other sports people wear black underneath their eyes? I do called eye black turns out creative it does have a purpose mm. i always thought it was just for war paint it actually works as anti-glare makes sense makes perfect sense doesn't it makes so, sense let me, let me run you down on some science here skin wow. absorbs obviously some light but reflects the rest so as if you're looking up into the sun, tracking an American football coming over, for example, and you're trying to make the catch, you're looking towards the sun and that sun will hit your cheek and rebound a little bit into your eye, which will impair your vision. The whole purpose of eye black is that it will absorb this light because black absorbs light rather than reflects it. And that then helps your vision. And loads of sports do this. There's a famous cricketer who used to use it. There is obviously American footballers, baseball players use it as well, lacrosse players, loads of different um, sports use it, hockey players, ice hockey players. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of a wide thing that's used in sport. Scientific evidence on it is actually a little bit sketchy. What it has been proved to do is to help you better distinguish between light and dark rather than necessarily improve your vision. Uh, But it should, in theory, and science is kind of backing it up, uh, help you pick the ball out better when it's coming down from the sun. Connor, what word did you make it to in that? You have no... I mean, apparently I ramble. (laughs) I thought there was one too many sports. I thought you said loads of sports use it and then proceeded to list loads of sports. I am... So where do you... Where do you want me to go from, Connor? Right, say the whole fact again. 
No, <laughs> no, no. Say, no. say the whole fact once no, more listen. for me. No, no, no. Because no, then listen. I think I think I'll understand it more. Mark, if go again. It, no. Just, no, just go one more time, Mark. For me, for me, for me. You can cut okay, this okay, out. One more time, and this will get cut. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting science. I, yeah, love it. Love that one. Love it. More, more of those, please. It makes it, Mark, you play the American football, don't you? Well, I don't know. I I know the rules. I like to watch it every now and then. I'm not too sure of the actual labelling of the positions. I know we have swathes of American listeners. Quarterback. What position do you play? He's not quarterback. Uh, I play running back. Running back. I'd love to play Mark American football. I, I'm the small that. one that they give the ball to and then just say, just run with it. Are you quick, Mark? I am pretty quick, yeah. I, I reckon that if me and you went head-to-head in American football, I'd put you to the floor quicker than you put me to the floor. You're, you're, you are a, 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 a slice of string. You are a strand of string. You're, there's nothing to you, Connor. Strand of string? There's nothing to you. Mark, would you describe me as a bit of string? Yeah. Yeah, you're lanky. You're not. You, there's there's nothing to you. All right, I'm telling you now. When we get back in the office, arm wrestle. I'll take you both down. Well, arm wrestling, arm wrestling is no show of strength. You just need the one bit of technique. Oh, I mean, if I'm a bit of string, Dan, you should be beating me, eh? I love the punctuation that you do with your uh, with your like expressions. Like, yeah, so I make noises to just make, you know, make sure things are finished. Or you go. Or you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all, a way it's all about of the Connor sniff. Yeah, it's all about the sniff. I didn't know you played American football, Mark. Have you ever have you ever tested the black under the eyes? Uh, I haven't, no. And also, I should point out, because there will be some people listening to this go, you don't play American football, really. I play what's called flag American football, which is like the touch rugby equivalent. So oh, really, oh, oh, right. there's no okay. tackling in it, because okay. just right. like UConn, I'm pretty much a piece of string. Okay, so, so basically, you're not playing American football, you're playing it. No. No, you're no, basically they, playing. They are tag. very different things. It's not just tag. It, it basically is for tag. our northern listeners. It's like British bulldog with a ball, isn't it? Really, it's like you know you've got the touch rugby version of rugby. Yeah, where you play rugby, but rather than a full-on tackle, you just touch them. Well, yeah. in flag football, you, you wear like these two flags around your waist, uh, and then you've got to grab one of those to tackle. Okay, right. That, that's yeah. Do you still think you could take one of his? flags off him the mighty noble muscular warrior that is connor i warn you i've got hips like shakira mate oh god it's time for my third and final fact connor this is one for you i'd be i think you probably have a whiff of this already okay. louis, louis vuitton mm-hmm. burns loads of their bags and products at the end of this year to maintain the exclusivity of the brand so that they're never sold cheaply I, ne- I never ever knew that, and I don't own any Louis Vuitton. No, but it's it, it's more a case of you know fashion, isn't it? I know you're into your fashion and your clobber, your clobber to fit over those muscular biceps that you've been working on for the last eighteen months. I do like clobber. So, so you can never go to one of these outlets and mm. buy them dirt cheap. They at the end of all of their seasons, they just kind of cane it and, and burn it. I think that's a bit bad, isn't it? Really. Very bad, very bad. But, you know, I guess when you're charging the amount of money you're charging for a Louis Vuitton bag, good, want to buy one that's a year old, eh? Uh, how much does a Louis Vuitton bag cost? A lot more than a Louis Vuitton bag does, if you just go down the local market. <laughs> the, the 
satchel, like the, the big sort of like um, travel holder things, I think they're like five grand. Too much money. That's too much money, isn't it? I know, but it's just, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? You're paying for a print. Connor, what's the, what's the most expensive bit of clobber that you own? Uh, the most expensive bit of clobber that I own? Um, I would probably say my most expensive thing I own would be a pair of Loke Brogues. Give me a ballpark figure. They were 380. That's too much money for shoes. Jesus. Um, 380 pounds for shoes. Yeah, I just it, this was this was years ago. I still I don't really ever wear them. This was I'd never ever do it again. It was just ages and ages and ages ago. Um and I've also got a Mulberry rucksack which yeah, I mean that was a, actually that that was that would have been the answer to the question. You never use these things. The, the rucksack I use. I would never use it if I spent loads of money on the rucksack. I don't I don't want to taint it. No, the, the rucksack I, I used, uh, but the rucksack's actually a copy of Mulberry, but it was still really expensive. So it's not a Mulberry rucksack. It's a so basically, it's like Mulberry. It's Mulberry leather. It's all it, everything with it is exactly as you see the Mulberry bag. It's not. It's just not put together by Mulberry, basically. Um, but it's still super expensive. It's like one of those really expensive fakes in a way. I don't understand though. I have a dirt cheap rucksack which I have used. Honestly, since school, and it didn't cost me much money then. And it, I mean, no, I, sure, no one's flagging me down and saying, boy, oh boy, your satchel choices are sublime, but mm. I don't get mocked for it. Well, why would one need, a, you know, a satchel that costs hundreds of pounds? No, you see, this is the thing. I, I went through a stage when I was probably like 17, 18, you know, living where I live and it being, you know, it, it, it sort of everyone having very nice things sort of a materialistic stage. I've, I've had that. I'm over it now. Couldn't care. Would never do it again. So I've just got a couple of expensive items that I don't even use anymore. And I, I've just bought a new rucksack that cost me £9 and I'll use that way more than I've ever used that one that was expensive. But yeah, I just, I have a few nice things, but I don't mind spending money on. on. So this is a another thing that, you know, is a new mentality for me. I, I love spending more money on an individual item that's really nice as opposed to that amount of money on just a load of two. Well, give me an example of when you've used this. Okay, so a good example would be Fred Perry. Um, I love Fred Perry polos. They're about 90 quid for the really nice ones. I would much rather spend 90 quid on a really expensive Fred Perry polo than spread that out on like, I don't know, 25 different t-shirts off of ASOS, which just aren't great. Oh, I thought you said... By individual, you meant like like no one else is wearing them. Unique. No, I just I prefer to buy like nice stuff like that. I just because I used to just spend endless like you know you just spend money stupidly on clothes online because it's cheap or whatever, and it's actually just not good stuff. It washes bad. It doesn't really fit. It's just crap. So I'd rather buy nice stuff and it lasts longer. That's too much money for me. Like ninety quid on a polo. No, thank you. Yeah, you see, I like fashion though, don't I? I really like my clothes, so. Russell Wilson over there, what have you bought? What's been the most expensive thing you've bought? Look at you naming an American footballer. And now I had to Google highest paid NFL player. Oh, well, you got it wrong. It's Patrick Mahomes. Um, that's, that's, a, that's a new thing. That is a new thing. It's true. Um, what's the most expensive thing I own? Probably, to be fair, it's I just bought a new um, Tua Tonga Vailoa uh, Miami Dolphins shirt. He's the new quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. That cost me 75 quid. That is as much as I will spend on a bit of clothing. Don't need any more than that. What's the name of the chap? 
Uh, Tua Tonga Vailoa. Hawaii. It probably cost you 50 quid to get that name printed on the back of the top. Yeah, it's paid by letter. Paid Uh, by letter. Dan, what about you? Uh, I don't know from the top of my mind. I don't tend to spend a lot of money on clothes. I'm really, really bad at doing that. I'll spend... If you think when you go out for a night out and I'll happily, happily, I am forced to spend... You know, like sometimes if you're buying a round, it can top 40 quid. But if I'm going to a shop, I probably wouldn't openly spend 40 quid on clothes unless it was like next level. I'm trying to think what I've bought recently. Um, I'm the same. That just seems to me like it's a lot of money. Exactly. No, it's, it, but it's like, not. That's the point. So I tell you what I've been, re- I'm, re- I'm really getting suckered in by Instagram ads for clothes that are kind of up my street because I'm on a very adventurous bent at the moment. I saw... Uh, shoes online that were like all purpose all weather shoes you can go running you can go swimming you can go hiking in these shoes and they were they were topping 150 quid and i almost bought them yeah you see i wouldn't do that but i i spent like i've got a lot of trainers like i've got like six pairs of vans yeah i do like my nike sbs so I, I right, and they're all the same van, just different colors and shades and, and designs and like i just i love like I just love fashion. So like, like I bought a Supreme cap and that was second hand. Um, and that was 58 quid. Lastly, um, before we crack on with your fact, you man to a tag of Um, did I get that close to, uh, close enough, close enough. Yeah. I'll give you that. He's Hawaiian. Uh, I think there are only 13 letters in the Hawaiian alphabet. There you go. (laughs) I think there's only 13. I think there's 13 letters in Tua's name. Yeah, he used every single letter in the alphabet. I should have... It's a lot of T's, a lot of A's, a lot of U's. It's what they got a lot of... That's why you have a lot of Hawaii, Waikiki, Honolulu. Um, I should have saved that for another podcast. Right, uh, Connor, the third and final fact, the ninth and final fact of the show. Da Vinci spent 12 years painting Mona Lisa's lips. I don't know. I don't know if I buy that. I wouldn't buy the Mona Lisa. It'd be very expensive. I know almost as much as a pair of brogues. I, I don't know if I buy that. I don't know if like doing the whole thing would have taken him 12 years just on the lips. Don't know if I'm having it. Well, that that's the truth. <laughs> according to what? According to, according to... According to Connor. Uh, Yahoo. Who is still using Yahoo? Leonardo da Vinci spent 12 years painting the Mona Lisa's lips. It's literally everywhere. Why did it take... Oh, here we go. Okay. Sorry, I didn't really research much, but but I, I have now. Um, oh, here we go. Okay. So... Oh. The work you're doing right now should have been done before we clicked record. Yeah, this was the final... This was actually a fact that I got 10 minutes before the podcast, which replaced the, the Again, fact from that, before. That, Again, that stuff that you're doing there 10 minutes before we no, record. No, 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 no. I had three facts already, but I saw this one and I was I just, I was browsing and I replaced the facts that I already had, which I'm going to say for another time. And I thought I'll put it in there. So I didn't really have much time, but I just thought it would be a good finisher. So apparently, according to, and I, and I will say this is from Wikipedia because I haven't done, I've done a quick Google. Apparently, a the Mona Lisa was painted between the years 1503 and 1506 perhaps continuing until 1517. So you're telling me that he did most of it, if not all of it, in three years and then went, oh, I'd better fix those lips and that (laughs) took him another 12. Yeah. Have you seen the Mona Lisa? 
Oh, it is drab. Oh, I'm, it is I'm with drab. you. I don't understand why the Mona Lisa is so popular. It's, Have you ever seen it in person? It's an awful yeah, painting. It's just boring. And you can't get close enough to have a good look at her lips. It's why tight. is it so famous? Because uh, Leonardo da Vinci had a notable lip fetish and other lip fetishists around the world all flock there to pay close attention to the curves, the, the, the silkiness of her lips. That's Has it ever been stolen? I don't know. I'd, li- I'd like to know whether it's been stuck. I reckon it definitely has. Well, there's there's your work for next week. I, where is it right now? Is it in the pyramid in, in Paris? It's in the pyramids in Egypt. No, there's a pyramid, isn't there? <laughs> hang the on. Hang on, glass Mark. Glass pyramid. Mark, I know that you know the answer to this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what's the pyramid a part of, though? What do you mean, what's it part of? Well, it's not the pyramid. It's, it's part of a famous place there. What, in... Um... Paris in, in Paris, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. There's not oh, just like the, a random pyramid there. The, the Louvre, the Louvre. There we go. We got there in the end. I've just done some more googling. It didn't take Da Vinci twelve years to paint Mona Lisa's lips. It's a popular rumor stemming from the fact that people say the woman in the painting has an intriguing smile. Well, there you go. If we're going to bring facts, if if we're going to call our podcast what we've called it, we might as well say that fact is nonsense. And that is it for this week's Baffled. What have we learned this week? Well, actually, it's more thinking through what, what we have not learned this week. We, well, we have learned that they, they don't drop poo over the Atlantic, that they did not take ages painting Mona Lisa's lips, but you can stop off for a typhoon if you're in a tank. And that is it from us. Say goodbye, Connor. Goodbye, gentlemen. Say goodbye, Mark. See you later. Uh, and it's goodbye from me. I'm off to buy myself some clobber. See you next week. Bye. Bye.